Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis here on a beautiful Friday morning in Queen City, Texas. <coughs> We're studying the book of Jude, and I'm trying to work through whatever this is. And uh, we are in session 11 today on the 4th of October, 2019. We will begin in verse 12, but I just want to remind you before we do that everything we do here at Crossway Church is later uploaded to the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316. And I encourage you to avail yourself to everything that's there, for it will help you learn the Word of God in its proper context, help mature you, help keep you from being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine that blows through the church. And for all these folks that have crept into the church, which is what we're studying about in the book of Jude, and so, uh, pray for our new church in Wichita Falls, Texas. I believe pastors Colton and Casey Hill are uh, trying to get there as quick as they can. And uh, we're just praying for them and, and know that it's going to be a great thing. And, and uh, I just also today want to mention to you that we mail six expositor study Bibles every single week to inmates across the land in the prison system and it takes $37 a Bible to get it into the hands of an inmate. Uh, so I encourage you, pray about that, help us. You can donate as, as, and give to the ministry as easy as texting on your phone to the number 903-231-5950 or you can go to the website thecrosswaychurch.com and there you can find the donate button and tell what you want your uh, offering to go for. And uh, we're just excited to be able to be doing that. We, in four years, have sent over a thousand Bibles uh, to inmates. And uh, we are now, as I said, up to six Bibles a week, thanks to uh, the giving, even giving outside of the members of Crossway Church for that specific ministry. And we thank God for that. Uh, well... Here we are. Uh, this is part 11, as I said. Uh, we're going to begin in Jude, uh, verse 12. Uh, there's only one chapter in Jude. And this morning, before we take off, let's just kind of remind ourselves uh, why the book of Jude was written. Uh, it was written, as everything else in the Bible is written, to believers. And uh, that's, they're the only ones who can comprehend it, the only ones who have the Spirit of God. If you don't have the Spirit of God, you can't understand the Bible, even if you say you can. You, you might read it and say, okay, I get that, but you really don't get the spiritual aspect of it until you're born again. And Jesus proved that when he told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, that you cannot enter the kingdom or even see it until you're born again. So what you think you knew when you were lost, you didn't know. And uh, you didn't know anything spiritually. You couldn't. You, there's no way because you have to have the Spirit of God to discern spiritual things. And even at that, being a born-again Christian, He is going to reveal the truth to you. And when you stop wanting to know the truth, then you are rejecting and grieving the Holy Spirit because that's what He was given to us for. Mm -hmm. You say, well, no, he was sent to comfort me. Yes, and he does that through revealing the truth to you. Right. All right. the other thoughts are, right. about that are psychological. That's right. He comforts us by revealing the truth mm -hmm. of who Christ is and what right. Christ has provided for us through his sacrifice at Calvary. Mm -hmm. And this book of Jude was written to us believers so that we could be on guard, so that we could begin to, if we're not already contending, for the faith, so we could begin to recognize those who have crept in among us, or to prevent those when they do try to creep in among us, so that we can recognize them early. They've crept in so long to the church that now you have entire denominations that not only have folks that have crept in, but the creepers have taken over. The creepers run their uh, uh, seminaries. The, the creepers right. have run almost all the churches. That's right. And so, and that's just where the church is today. I'm not mm -hmm. saying that to be mean and ugly so that everybody will think I'm, I'm the only one that's right. When you look at what the Bible says, if you back up to verse 4 in Jude, he says, For there are certain men crept in unawares. That means they, they're unnoticed when they come in. 
who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Here, here, here's, here's who they are. They're ungodly men. They, they turn the grace of our God into lasciviousness, which is licentiousness, which is a license to sin. Using God's grace for something that it's not. Amen. God's grace does not cover sin to get you through this life living in sin. God's grace forgives you of sin. God's grace delivers you from sin. Amen, right. Brother Curtis. Right. God's grace forgives you of sin and delivers you of sin mm -hmm. as long as your faith is in the sacrifice of Christ. Mm -hmm. Amen. Right. So, Because the grace of God... Uh, only flows into our lives as our faith is in the sacrifice of Christ. That work and that work alone gets us the grace of God. He says they're ungodly men. They turn the grace of God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know when you've, even if it's done in ignorance and you don't know you've done it, if you're walking in a place where you've fallen from grace, mm -hmm. And the church in Galatia had found themselves there when Paul wrote him a letter and said, you've fallen from grace. Now Christ can't profit you. He can't affect you. Mm -hmm. We studied that for a year and a half yeah. in the book of Galatians. That's there. You never hear that taught. You never hear that preached. Right. The reason you don't mm -hmm. is because of the heresy yes. and the false teaching of grace which mm -hmm. concerns once saved, always saved. Mm -hmm. That false demonic damnable heresy teaches some unconditional which is damnable everything with God is conditional mm -hmm. it's by grace which is what he's done and will do but through your faith mm -hmm. when your faith is no longer in Christ and what he's done in Calvary the grace is over and I don't know how long God will go but Jesus said there will come a time <clears throat> wherever branch in me that's bearing not fruit, my Father will take out. And because they believe that damnable heresy, and that's a perversion of grace. Because God's grace don't just keep you because you show up on Sundays and sing Amazing Grace. God's grace don't just keep you. No, the Bible says, Peter wrote it in 1 Peter 1 and 5, we're kept by the power of God through faith. Mm -hmm. Through faith mm -hmm. unto salvation. Mm -hmm. The salvation uh, aspect, the, 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 the saving grace of God. And grace is always about salvation. Well, no, brother, grace is what God gives me to be a husband. Yeah, so that his saving grace can work in that marriage. Or God's grace is that he gives me to be a minister. Yeah, to preach the gospel of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. Everything about God's grace is about salvation. And when we turn it into something other than what it actually is, we, we actually become, or we, let me put it this way, we walk in an ungodly place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what we do. And, and we begin to, the longer we do it, the more excuses we make until the point when we hear the gospel, we get mad about it. When we hear the true ministers come along preaching or those who've recognized the creepers and they start reporting them, we get mad at them. That's how far off track the church has become. But the book of Jude was written so that we could recognize these ungodly men. Titus wrote this in chapter 1, verse 16, that they profess they know God, but they deny Him in works. And see, that's what we've gone from. We've gone from grace, which is what God does in us and through us through our faith in Christ, We've gone from that to just works so that God will try to honor our works. But if it's not by grace through faith, then it's just us. And, and we'll end up like the church in Sardis where Jesus wrote a letter and said, you have a name that you're alive, but you're dead. You're very busy, but it's just you. Without grace, then it can't be God. And it can't be grace unless it's faith in the cross. That's right. Boy, now that's a powerful, that's exactly right. but biblical and very true statement. Yes, amen. Yes, it's true. Yes. Without grace, mm -hmm. God's not in it. That is because true. grace, the word grace, is God doing what needs to be done in my life. Mm -hmm. At Calvary, mm -hmm. 
My faith in that allows him not to do anything that needs to be done in my life. Mm -hmm. Again, I don't have the grace of God because I go to church and say amazing grace. Mm -hmm. That's right. And get emotional because my grandmama taught me the song and my mama sang it. Now I'm singing it. Well, praise God for all that. But if your faith has been moved from the cross yeah, and you've right. been seduced by a creeper, mm -hmm. and more than likely you've become a creeper yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have the book of Jude, so we can recognize. Well, what does God want you to do? Here's what the church needs to hear today. What does God want you to do when you recognize a creeper? Mm -hmm. Come out from among them. See, God, it, it ain't love just to stay there and sit under a creeper. No. It's not love. Love is you will begin to question them and try to help them and back to the path. But you try to do that to most preachers today and you're going to get yeah. uh, blasted. <laughs> you know, touch not God's anointed. And I've been in the ministry 70 years and, and I, you know, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Who cares how long you stood in a pulpit? Mm -hmm. It makes absolutely no difference. Right. You're talking again now about what you've been doing. See, and that's what creepers are always about. Mm -hmm. Not what Jesus did, but what they're doing and what they've right. done. That's what creepers are about. And they try to get you away from the true grace of God. That's They're ordaining yeah. unto this. God calls it condemnation. Mm -hmm. There is no condemnation for you and me in Christ. Mm -hmm. But when you and I are not walking in Christ, that's all there is is mm -hmm. condemnation. Yes. Not in God's no longer condemning us, but we walk in a place of condemnation because it's there. It's, don't ever think for a minute that condemnation doesn't exist just because you're in Christ now. Uh -huh. Condemnation is as real as the devil that still exists, as real as your sin nature that still exists, as real as your and anything. They're all still there. That's right. They are. Sure are. We need to pay attention to those things. Mm -hmm. But I want to stick with that because I haven't thought about that until I just said it. What does God want the church to do when creepers are realized? He wants you to leave. He wants you to get away from them. I don't listen. It makes no difference if it's your daddy. Yeah. Oh gosh. You're gonna let your daddy cause you to be defiled. Cause you to lose your salvation. Mm -hmm. Your daddy loves you, I'm sure, but your daddy don't know the truth if he's preaching That's right. anything other than God's word in the context of Christ and Him crucified. That's right. That is right. The church gets mad about this today, but a lot of those that claim to be the church are going to be left behind, mm -hmm. and one day. When the two witnesses are on the earth preaching, hear me this morning, Christ and Him crucified, the message that makes the, un, the, the lost mad unless they want to be saved, the message that makes the religious heart mad, they're going to be preaching the blood of Jesus. How do I know they're going to be preaching that? Because that's the power of God. And the Bible says they'll have power to, like... Moses and Elijah did to shut up the heavens and to turn water into blood. They will have the power of God to be seen. And the power of God is the message of a Redeemer coming to save. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, we need to think about that. What do we do when we find we've been sitting under a creeper? Well, we have, there are churches popping up all over the world today. Brand new little storefront churches that... Uh, realize they've been sitting under a creeper, that they were being trained to be a creeper, to creep in and to turn God's grace into something other. So little storefronts are popping up all over the world today, and even in other countries that, no, they're not going along with the with the norm anymore, and now they're looked at as, <clears throat> oh, bless their little hearts. They, they should be in here with us. They only have a little storefront, very few people. But let me say something today. You better come out from among the big crowds. You better come out from among the big crowds because the answer of God is not in the big crowds. It's in the remnant. It's in those who've come back to the cross because only there can the grace of God be poured into our lives daily. And if that's not what we believe, we've been seduced by a creeper. Those that have crept in among us. And we need to, we need to consider those things. How many have been listening to SBN for years 
And they've even heard us. And they watch us occasionally in some of these other ministries. But yet they won't come out of their ministries. Those ministries that are nothing more than, than a creeper in the pulpit. Mm -hmm. Let me say it again. It doesn't matter if he's reading the Bible to you. But if he's pointing you to anything other than faith in the cross, I hate to say it, but God didn't put him there. Mm -hmm. God didn't. That's where we are today. Well, brother, and that attitude right there shows how many have crept in and how many have been seduced. All you, all the words you hear. Well, you're just following that old swagger guy. That comes from a heart who's been seduced by a creeper. And they're not going to let go of their creeper unless God moves in and God makes it all fall apart. And let me tell you something, God don't always do that. God gives you a lot of things to see to know that that ain't real if you're looking in the Word. Amen? If you're just looking for signs, the church is going to wake up one day and realize that everything God's offering, the devil's got a counterfeit for it. You know, you know, it's 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 a conversation today that uh, uh, you know the baptism with the Holy Spirit is. If if as many people as have been baptized with the Holy Spirit, and they say fewer today than ever before are being baptized with the Holy Spirit, and I believe that. But if the baptism with the Holy Spirit is in, in, uh, uh, an endowment of power from on high for the work of the ministry. And you've got all these people that are baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then there's a, there's a problem there. there is. You're right. And the problem is either they're not baptized with the Holy Spirit, uh -huh. right. and they actually got baptized, immersed into something else, mm -hmm. even came with tongues, but it ain't of God. Either that's the case, uh, or. The Holy, then, it, then it's the truth that the Holy Spirit refuses to work in anything other than faith in the cross. Mm -hmm. Because it's those who are baptized with the Spirit of God who are preaching this message who are experiencing the true power of God. And instead of these denominational realms where they just, they don't even hear what the preacher says, they just flood to the altar when it's over and vibrate like red walls and shake each other till people fall in the floor. And listen, I have nothing against the move of God in the altars. Oh, yes, you do. No, I don't. What I have something against is when the message ain't even heard. Because I'm not here for a message. I'm here for a move of God. Mm -hmm. Listen, if the move of God don't come through the truth into your heart, you better ask yourself where the move came from. Mm -hmm. If it ain't the truth moving you, then it ain't God moving you. Right. Do I need to say that again? Mm -hmm. yes. If it ain't the truth moving you, it ain't God moving you. That's because right. He is the truth, yes, he and is. He only reveals the truth so that He can work in the truth in your life. We've been sitting in congregations too long waving handkerchiefs wanting to feel something instead of know something, learn something. Right. And we need, to, we need to have both. We need to be learning, and through the learning we can have a move of God like we need. That's why every fad that comes through the church is it dies out. Yes. Whatever's of God ain't going to die out. That's right. Right. It ain't going to die out. The message of the cross is of God. It's still being preached. That's right. Whatever's of God ain't going to fly through the church for 10 or 15 years and then be gone. That's right. That's right. Makes you, makes you have to ask the questions about some things that happened in the past that you hear about you weren't there to see. How come it ain't still happening? Mm -hmm. Because God never changes. Mm. See, that's why I don't get caught up in all the past things unless it's written in this book. Because I wasn't there to see it, number one. And number two, I just don't know. That's right. Yeah. Verse 12 says, these are spots in your feast of charity. These people, think about this. 
You never really heard about the, the what's it called, the revelation, grace revolution. I didn't until some years after the message of the cross came on the scene. Because this grace revolution thing, this uh, what's his name, Joseph Prince and many other men and women now are preaching this grace revolution about what God's grace really is. It's more than you can imagine, which I agree with that. But, but because they say it's more than you can imagine, then they start making up more. And it's not biblical. But it's, a, it's an attack on the message of the cross. Because it, the, the message of the cross is the only avenue through which grace comes into our lives. If our faith is moved from the cross, you're done with grace. He ain't, God's not going to leave you or forsake you, but as far as as working, the work stops when we move our faith from the cross. You got to know that. That's biblical. You have to believe that. If you don't, then you're going to be carried away by a creeper one day. Mm -hmm. Well, God, you know, He's still working in me now. I listened to the cross for 15 years, but I, man, I visited this church over here one Sunday to see my grandkid baptized, and that preacher, man. You know, and now, man, I'm realizing now. You know, you, know you, you don't you don't have to hear about the cross all the time. You you know, and but you're moving. You don't know it's in the wrong direction. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. And that happens all the time. Mm. Mm. God's grace is for many purposes. Let me say that today. Right. Right. But it only comes through one avenue, right? And that's your faith in the sacrifice. That's right. That's right. These are spots in your Feast of Charity. See, there's not supposed to be any spots in our Feast of Charity. There's not supposed to be any spots in our congregations. The preaching of the cross, the true grace of God, the true power of God, will remove the spots. It will cleanse from the spots of sin in our own lives and from those who creep in among us who God calls spots. There's spots and blemishes among us. And if it's not dealt with Immediately, and that's why we have the book of Jude, recognize the creeper, never give them a position of authority. Let them sit there until they're cleansed and their mind is right and their heart is right with God, but never put them here. Right. Because when you put them here, the enemy has a way through their flesh of drawing people to them. And before you know it, the people don't want that guy anymore. They want this guy uh -huh. because he cares about us now. He's not as hard as that other guy. <laughs> oh. Happens in, in churches all over America. Every Monday morning in America, there's a knock on some preacher's door. We don't need you anymore. God's moved on our hearts to get a new pastor. Oh, my. Even though he's nowhere to go, he's that's what he you know that's what he does for a living. That's he's, that's all he does ministry. They don't care, but he's he's got a little bit too hard. My mama. Uh, I was raised in a Baptist church in, in DeKalb, Texas. And my mama's told me many, many times through all the years when she was going to that church, a couple of one time in particular, I wouldn't call his name, I probably couldn't think of it, uh, but maybe a couple times through all those years, they'd get a preacher that would preach hard against sin. And it, people would rise up. They would not like him. And before long, it wouldn't be long, they'd be trying to get rid of him. Mm. The, the, those are people, and listen, nobody likes being confronted over sin. Mm. Mm. But it's something that has to be done. The Holy Spirit has to do it. Mm -hmm. right. But instead of being convicted and repenting, we just reject mm -hmm. conviction, grieving the Holy Spirit, and think the problem's with the preacher, not our sin, mm -hmm. and get a new preacher. And through the years, they've milked that down so far that there's no conviction in their meetings. Mm -hmm. I don't know today about that specific church. I'm talking about churches all over as a whole. There's no conviction. Mm -hmm. Because they got rid of him, he's starting to uh, bother. You know, about the average stay for a, a preacher in the denominational world is two years because that's about the long, uh, as long as it takes for me to realize what kind of issues you're really having. Uh, oh, oh, man. 
So when I start trying to preach, and I ain't talking about hammering you in front of everybody, but when I start trying to hear from the Lord to preach the gospel and using God's word so he can deal with the issues you, me, and all of us have, then that's about the time people can have choose to get convicted and be changed or get mad and try to get rid of the preacher. Two years about all it takes. Two years, I'll by far know what your issues are. Mm. <laughs> That's why some people come to church, he's in the back door, and the first one's out because they don't want anybody, they're not going to get involved. <laughs> they don't want a fellowship because somebody might find something out about me. Well, my Lord, you're the only one got something. Now, we're going to talk about this, verse 12. These are spots in your feast of charity when they feast with you. Feeding themselves without fear. Mm -hmm. Clouds they are without water. Carried about of winds. Trees whose fruit withers. Without fruit. Twice dead. Plucked up by the roots. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about the spots as we run through these this morning. Spots. You look the word up it means like hidden reefs or stains. Those who've crept in among us to distract, detour, and devastate our relationship with God. They look just like us. At first, they sound just like us. You remember the Stanley Frodsham prophecy from the 60s? They have to sound like us. They have to say what we say. They have to act like they believe what we say. But they really don't. Their intention and goal is something far different. The true minister's goal is to, I guess there's a list of goals, but his, as a minister, his, his function is really to care about the people enough to see them advancing in the mm -hmm. things of God. Mm -hmm. yeah. Ephesians 4 lays that out to, so that we can all come uh, into the unity of the faith of the Son of God. We can grow up. And that we won't be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. That's our job is to teach the truth so that we won't be carried off. Because we'll be carried off. I, we, the Lord let me and Robin experience this, these very things, even in our ignorance, even in all that we were believing that were false. Uh, uh, we, we went through that. I didn't say he sent me there. But he allowed me, just like he'll allow you, to become a Mormon today if you want to. He'll allow you to do anything. But he allowed us to go there and to this church right down the road and listen to all the things taught through the years that were false. And, and uh, salvation, they always had that right. But a after that, not one thing was correct. It can't be if you don't know to keep your faith in the sacrifice. If you don't understand what faith is, the cross is, true baptism is, You'll never be able to go on with the Lord. You'll be stifled and dead. And I hate, you know, 17 years now since we've been gone, they've been 17 years further in death, darker blackness death. And uh, until they come back to the cross, and they can any moment, uh, there's no life there. Mm -hmm. There's just that which appears to be life. But there, there's just lots of things... You, uh, you can't learn under a creeper. You can't learn under a creeper because the only way we learn is through grace. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, the Bible says in Hebrews that he, God establishes our hearts with grace. That's how he establishes our hearts. That's how we grow. I, if, if we're told to guard our heart because out of it come the issues of our life, we better learn to let God establish our hearts. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. But I forgot what I was going to say. Maybe it'll come back to me in a minute. But these are spots. These are stains. And, and unfortunately, it's not just now spots here and there in a congregation. As I said earlier, uh, at the very onset of this meeting today, now you have entire churches and denominations that are nothing more than a spot. All of it is one big spot. It's no longer people creeping into those places. They are a spot themselves. It's not even a love feast in the eyes of God. It's a flesh gathering. 
You can't gather together in the name of Jesus unless your faith is in Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary. You right. ain't gathering in the name of Christ. Right. God's not honoring uh, your feelings and emotions. Right. God's honoring the faith that is correct. Yes. So, uh, I wish I could remember. I just can't remember. Uh, but anyway, without fear, which is next in that verse, means that they don't have a biblical value and a proper reverence of God in their hearts. Mm -hmm. And that's what the word fear means. Mm -hmm. But you got to ask yourself this. If the devil's fear and tremble, you better sure be checking your fear that you claim you have in God. Mm -hmm. Because the Bible says the devil's fear and tremble. Yes. True. So all these folk running around talking about they fear God and all this. The, and, I, and I'll show you something. I love this. The Lord has... I, I've been reading this for years, but here lately it's really... The Lord's bringing it to the forefront of my mind. Psalms 25, 14 says, The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him. It's not with anybody else. The secret of the Lord is not with anybody else except those who fear Him. And He will show them His covenant. See, so there's something about that word fear that we really need to discuss. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean I'm scared of God. It means that from a heart, I know there's a God. I know I need to serve God. How do I serve God? And even if you've got it wrong, if you're if from the heart, if you fear God, if you want to find out who God is, you want to know God, you, you know that there's a danger in not knowing, not serving God. And you want to know that God is going to present the truth to you. He's going to reveal Himself to you. He's not going to send anybody to hell that wanted to know Him. Right, that's right. Well, what about all these people all over the world, out in the jungle and all that stuff? You hear those questions all the time. And all you, the only answer you can give is this. God knows the hearts of men. Right. You don't. You don't know your own heart. So you don't know what's in the heart of people in jungle. But God does. God knew what was in the heart of those people on that island, those natives. And, and that they, when they heard the gospel, see, God before the foundation of the world chose those natives in Christ. He found them believing in Christ in His plan as He foreknew, as He looked down and saw all the natives on that island believing. He said, okay, this is what I'll do. Mm -hmm. On Paul's way to Rome, mm -hmm. I'll blow on that ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not one person will die. <laughs> right. And I'll let them float to land on a plank of wood, and they'll be cold, and they'll start a fire, and Paul will get bit by a snake, and they'll realize they'll think he's a that he's cursed of the gods. See that right there's proof. And then he shook it off and just kept on going like nothing ever happened. So they said, okay, he's God. See, they don't know God, but they want to know God. Well, don't all the other people want to know God? We're back to what you have to leave it with. God knows the heart. That's right. God, only God, yeah. knows the heart. That's right. It ain't up to me and you to determine, well, that ain't right, them people out there on that island, they caught up at them, they died and went to hell. Is that what you're saying? Yes, sir, if they never heard the gospel. Yes, sir, that's what I'm saying. But it's because God knew they would never believe. Mm -hmm. What about all the nations that were in the world back in the days of Israel and the Old yeah. Testament? Millions and millions right. of people. Right. Yes. What about them? That's right. God knew their heart. Yes, He did. And everyone, and to show you how how great sin and unbelief is because God saved every person that ever came to the nation of Israel mm -hmm. and wanted to be saved because they trusted in that God. Rahab and several others, not several, but a few others, all the rest of them didn't want no part of God. Mm -hmm. Well, if God would have done something to show them, God showed Pharaoh. How much more can you show than God showed Pharaoh? Mm -hmm. That's right. 
God even showed Pharaoh the way that he delivered his people was by blood on the doorpost. Yeah. And he still, like a fool, went after him to yeah. kill him. Still. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't that he didn't now know that there is a God of Israel. It wasn't that he right. didn't know that he would that he delivered them and that he even knew how he delivered them. Now he was on an attack to kill God. Mm-hmm. Because he's so dumb, he thinks if he can snuff out the people, he can snuff out God. Oh, man. Mm. But he can. Mm -mm. See, it's not just a heart, I don't believe there's a God. Once God's proven to me, unbelief is so powerful, I'll do everything I can now to attack him and destroy. That's really what atheism's all about. It's not that they don't believe there's a God. Now they spend their whole lives trying to prove right. there's no God, which you can't do. Right. So, fear is an important word and brings with it the illumination of things God calls secret and the illumination of God's covenant in one's heart. If, if, if God shows those His covenant that fear Him, this answers a big question for us today. How come I'm seeing it? How come God showed me the revelation, the illumination of His Word concerning sanctification by faith in the cross alone? And my family just won't get it. My family, they just won't get it. My friends, all these people we went to church with all those years, they won't get it. Why won't they get it? It's obvious. This one verse reveals it. The answer. They don't fear Him. God can't lie, can he? Mm -mm. No, no, he cannot. Those that fear him, he shows. Look it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's the secret is with them, mm -hmm. and the secret that's no longer a secret is the Redeemer coming, mm -hmm. born of a virgin, sinless life, sin-bearing offering, buried, raised from the dead, the only object of faith, not just to be saved but to live saved. You need grace for more than initial salvation. You need grace to live. Because grace is God keeping, God working, God doing, God healing, God restoring, God maturing, God growing, God working in me both to will and to do of my good. God, without God working, that's grace. I'm done. It's over. Mm -hmm. I'm out. Mm-hmm. I've got to have grace. Yes. That means I've got to have God. But I've got to learn how God works in my life. And if I don't know that, it's by simple faith in the cross. Right. Yep. Right. Then the secret is no longer with me. And I'm not seeing his covenant. Peter, let's look at it. 2 Peter 1 9. Because Christians, a lot of this, the, the, the once saved, always saved, the heresy there is you're either saved or lost. And that's not true. That's why they can't ever understand Romans chapter 8, Galatians. They can't understand those writings because they don't know those writings aren't just talking about the lost and the saved. They're talking about the lost, but mainly, mainly they're talking about the saved and those carnal who don't know how to live saved. That's what the main thrust is on Romans chapter 8 and the book of Galatians. But Peter says this in 2 Peter 1 9, but he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. You see what Peter said? He, is, he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off. Afar off to what? He's not talking about physical, natural, can't see down the road a half a mile. He's talking about can't see afar off of what happened for him at Calvary. Mm -hmm. When you stop looking at Calvary, you're going blind. Mm -hmm. If you're not looking at Calvary for your daily grace, for your daily anything with God, not just victory over sin, your daily anything with God, you've gone blind. And now we're just going in circles declaring things. You blindfold me, tell me anything, I'll have to believe it because I can't see anymore. I'll have to believe what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And see, that's what creepers do. They creep in among us and they blindfold us when they tell us grace is this and grace is that, but it's not only coming through the cross. Mm -hmm. 
They blindfold us. But we let them do it. As I've been saying, on judge, at the judgment, you're not going to be able to blame false prophets. Even the great white throne judgment the lost people, they're not going to be able to blame false prophets. They are lost because they refuse their own selves to believe in Christ. Mm -hmm. And if we were carried away and we've been seduced and we've been crept in on and, and moved out of the way by creepers and now we're in a church or a whole denomination that's nothing more than one big spot of creepers. Mm -hmm. It's because we lusted in our own flesh after something. Right. It's right. what James said. We're carried off by the lust of our own flesh. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you don't need to forget Psalms 25, 14. Mm -hmm. If they're not walking by faith in the cross every day, hear me now, and they've heard it and heard it and heard it and reject it, they do not fear God biblically. Right. So they can scratch all the verses that are about fear to them. Matter of fact, matter of fact, they can just scratch it all. Mm -hmm. Because everything God's going to do, He's going to do through your faith in the Word of God. Mm -hmm. As And your faith has... You can't separate the Word of God from the living Word of God and what He did at Calvary. When you do, right. you're teaching a creeper's message mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. You're teaching a creeper's message. The Word of God is tied to the bloodshed of Jesus Christ. Right. Right. He'll prove that when He rides on the white horse to get us, mm -hmm. or rather when we ride back with Him, and He will be wearing a vesture dipped in blood, and the Bible says His name is the Word of God. That's all in one verse. Mm -hmm. Revelation 19. Mm -hmm. Because you can't separate those two things. That means you can't have your faith in a Bible verse and expect the Holy Spirit to do something in your life, give you grace for whatever you need grace for if your faith is not in the blood of Jesus. Now here comes the scary part. How many Christians are daily going, trying, trying to get to the throne but their faith is not in the blood and they can't even get there? These ministries, this IHOP and all this stuff that was birthed some years ago, International House of Prayer and all about praise and prayer and ministries just focused on that and a house needs to be on every other block for the neighborhood and all this to do if we're going to take our neighborhoods and all these things. The answer is not the cross to them. Mm. The answer is prayer. Right. And prayer is important. Uh -huh. It's important for you and your relationship with the Lord. But the answer is not prayer. Mm -mm. Prayer is important. But the answer is the cross of Christ. Mm -hmm. The Bible does not say praying is the power of God. No. It says the preaching of the cross is the power of God. We need to remember that. You know, this, this is profound. This one verse right here lets us know in Psalms 25, 14, and I'm saying it again before we move on because it's powerful even more to me this morning than ever before. The only people God's showing His covenant to are those that fear Him. So people who say, I fear God, either don't know what fear is and need to get in the Bible and figure it out. It means it is a biblical reverence mm -hmm. unto God. Yes. Mm-hmm. It means it is an estimated value of God's worth. Mm -hmm. Revere, reverential. You revere Him. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, the devils fear God yes. and tremble. Mm -hmm. But they don't have an avenue. They fear God in a different way than we do. Yes. Then the Bible goes on to say, they're clouds without water. And the book of Nahum, for years I've looked at this and I've, and, I've, and I've thought of this and I'm going to do it again this morning. Maybe the Lord will give it to us in a better way. But the prophet Nahum in chapter 1 verse 3 says, The Lord is slow to anger and great in power and will not at all acquit the wicked. It means they're not getting away with anything. The Lord has His way in the whirlwind and in the storm and the clouds are the dust of his feet. Now, I understand there's clouds in the sky. 
And you can look at that in the natural if you want to, but I'm telling you, you better look at this in the spiritual. Because clouds are the dust of God's feet. And maybe he means that to some degree in the natural too. Maybe when we look in the sky and we see clouds, we can think God's still walking around among us. He's still sending clouds and He's still sending rain. we got to have rain. Without it, we die. But also, without His spiritual rain, we die. We've got to have the rain of the Lord. Even on our, even our new man, we have to have rain. We have to have refreshing. We, we have to be taught the Word of God. We have to grow. And that takes light the Word and rain, the Holy Spirit moving on our hearts, teaching us and maturing us. But the clouds are the dust of God's feet. <clears throat> These men seem to walk with God, but there is no watering of His Word. There's no water that come from them. These men are clouds without water. They have nothing to offer. Mm -hmm. These that creep in who turn God's grace into licentiousness God says they have absolutely nothing to offer that's of me. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Mm -hmm. Because the clouds that God sends, the clouds that are the dust of where God walks spiritually are the true ministers of the gospel that preach the gospel and the true grace of God, and the people are affected by that as it rains. I believe the preaching of the cross, the message of the cross coming into the church as it has is, is the latter rain. It's, it's, it's a movement of the latter rain. We've been so deceived by the devil so long about uh, what a move of God is, and he'll, he'll show you, make you, he'll try to teach you about a move of God. If he can keep you from the true move of God, he'll get you in something that you'll only think yeah. is a move of God that comes with feelings, uh -huh. comes with emotions, yeah. and keep you in it so long, uh -huh. as long as you let him, till you come back to the cross. Mm -hmm. But the longer you're in that, the more you're going to believe that's real and that's right. It is real, but it ain't right. Mm -hmm. And the harder it's going to be for you to ever believe what a true move of God is. I believe the message of the cross has caused it to begin to rain like it hasn't in many, 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 many years on this earth in the church today. It is raining, but you got to know where it's raining to get a, to be in it. You got you listen, if you're sitting under a creeper, it ain't raining there. Because that's not a cloud, that's the dust of God's feet. The clouds are the dust of God's feet, spiritually speaking, is because the clouds without water can't do anything for you. They crept in among us. They appear to be a cloud. You ever seen clouds come over? It hadn't rained in eight weeks. Oh, we got to have rain. Man, the cows are dying and the pools have dried up and all the ponds and oh, it's horrible, man. Everybody's coming together for prayer. Here comes a cloud. Man, that didn't drop any rain out. That's a preacher not preaching the cross. Mm -hmm. People come to church. They need help. They're not being given help. Mm -hmm. They come to church in hope of getting help and they're not getting help. The message of the cross, the Word of God in the context of Christ and Him crucified mm -hmm. is the only reach of God's arm. The only rain that's going to take, the only rain that's going to take place. Mm -hmm. And folks, even among the cross preaching churches that don't, that won't get this narrow minded and, and this, this determined, it's because they either haven't been out there and all the other and they, and they're just not sure that all the other is that wrong yet. Because they hadn't been out there in it, you better not go in it because you may never come back. That's scary. Hmm. But they're clouds without water. These men seem to walk with God, but there's no watering of His Word. You know, you can pretend to be a cloud, but the proofs, the proof is in if you're growing. Water makes you grow. 
Light makes you grow. The plant. Right, right. And we are those who are planted in Christ mm -hmm. that needs the light of His Word and the rain of the Holy Spirit. And that doesn't happen because I wave a handkerchief and ask the Holy Spirit to move. Right. Oh, move, Holy Spirit. Oh, move. Oh, I've been doing that 150 years. Ain't nothing happening, folk. Mm -hmm. But now the message of the cross allows legally the Holy Spirit to save, to keep working, keep saving, mature, keep maturing, grow, keep growing. Nothing else has the reign of God in it. Nothing. And folk who disagree with it, I hate to say it, but they've crept in among us. Some of them have even crept in among the cross-preaching churches already. Why wouldn't the devil do that? Yes, true. He's got to have somebody that says they're preaching the cross and they're determined. Mm -hmm. He's got to have somebody that's saying those words, but yet no rain flowing from their ministries. Write it down. Take a note. Jeremiah 23.4. I'll turn there. We brought it out Wednesday night in the second part of the porter, the portal, and the path to pasture message. The fruit that you are under someone, an uh, under-shepherd, that the great, good, and chief shepherd has set in place because he's the one who gives the gifts. Not your grandma or your friend or your husband or your wife. We read in Jeremiah 23, 4, the proof. He says, I will set up shepherds over them which shall feed them, speaking of his people. And when they're fed by the one I set up over them, they shall fear no more. There's only one message that drives out fear. That's the message of the cross. For there's the manifestation of God's perfect love, and that's the only thing that removes all fear. They shall fear no more. Are you, are you learning how not to fear? Most of the church lives in fear. Mm -hmm. Nor be dismayed. Or are you still confused about everything? I just love the message of the cross broadcast every morning at 7 o'clock a.m. on SBN. Yeah. Get it on DirecTV, uh, Dish Network, yes. because it's, it, it's just the truth of God's Word being rightly divided. And the, 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 the focus is Christ That's and right. what He did at Calvary as the object of faith. And there's never been a ministry like it before. Ever, ever, ever. Right. Ever. That's right. That's right. There's never been a ministry like... Oh, there's been thousands of ministries where men sit in circles and, and do all sorts of stuff with the Word of God. There's never been a ministry like this before. Let me say it again. It's raining. Yes. And you better find out where it's raining in your region and you better get in it. And that simply means coming back to the cross mm -hmm. by faith. Yes, and does. that alone. Yes, it does. And I said that to say this. The people are we're no, we're no longer confused. Mm -hmm. We were confused about a lot of things. That the truth has brought clarity to our hearts. and We're not confused. We're not dismayed anymore. We're not just confused and fearful and walking around not sure. No, now we have the assurance the Holy Spirit gives when He gives us this truth of Christ and Him crucified. It, how many things did you never understand you would have never understood had it not been for the object of faith being Christ and Him crucified? There's not different objects of faith. People that teach you that are creepers. Neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. If you're sitting under the message of the cross, it's raining in your life. It may have cost you a spouse. It's still raining in your life. It may have cost you your job. It may have cost you all these things. But listen, if your faith remains in Christ and what He did at Calvary, you'll realize very soon that the things you lost, God will replace with even better. That's what the Bible teaches. Whatever you lose for, his, for the sake of the gospel in His name, He says He'll replace it in this life. If you lose a mother, He'll give you a mother in the body of Christ. Yeah, that's right. Whatever you lose, not just because you're religious, but for the gospel's sake.
the name of the Lord. He will replace it in this life. He promises to do that. And the life to come forever. But notice, if you're sitting under a creeper, you're never going to be delivered from fear. They may preach a thousand messages on how to be set free from fear. But if they're not preaching the message of the cross, you can never be delivered from fear. You'll never stop being dismayed. You'll never stop being confused. You know, when God wants to bring His people to a place that are being equipped. When we this, this has been something that the church just, man, has opted out of. I go to church just to praise and worship God. You need to come to church to praise and worship God and to be edified in the fellowship of the believers. But listen, you better... You better be leaving with something when church is over. You better have been equipped with something to be able to give someone else that needs it. And if you're not, you're still confused about why you're even coming to church. Mm -hmm. If you're sitting under a creeper, you'll always be fearful. You'll always be dismayed. And you'll always think that you're lacking. Your day will be filled with an unthankful attitude because you ain't never got enough. Well, if I only had that, if I only had this, if I and I only had more, and you get a little more, but if I only had more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is your focus on what you're lacking or on all that you have in Christ? Mm -hmm. Is your focus on Christ and what He did for you out of the love that He had for you that will remove every ounce of fear in your life? Or is your, is your mind just set on all the things that bring you fear? Are you still confused about everything? If you get planted in the house of the Lord where the dust of God's feet are, where there's clouds that actually have rain in them. And what I mean is the Word of God is in its righteous context. Then you can grow when you get there. There's, most cities and most towns in America do not have a true, spirit-filled, gospel-preaching church. Almost every town and city in America has a spirit-filled church, but without the preaching of the gospel, uh -huh. the spirit-filled means absolutely nothing. It, mean, you can, why, it means nothing. Just because you're full of the Holy Ghost, if you don't know how the Holy Ghost works, you're in trouble. And you can be dismayed, confused, and, and listen... How many Christian? How, how much did? How many days of our Christian lives did we spend living in lack because we didn't know the truth about sanctification? Right. We were lacking, but when we stepped into this truth, the lack went out the window. The lack went out the window. I'm not talking about natural things today. I'm talking about the Bible says that you have all spiritual blessings in Christ. Oh, you already have them. And when you're sitting under the preaching of the truth, which is the message of Christ, and then crucified, you're not going to be crept in on. Those people, there have been creepers that have crept in our church. We've been together 14 years, and they've had to leave. The option was for them to repent and change. But because we wouldn't change... They had to go. We didn't tell them to go, but we wouldn't adapt into their false teeth. I lost one of the uh, good, best friends I ever had in ministry a few years ago. But it was a test on my part to see that just because I was really good friends with a minister and he went another direction, would I go with him? No, I won't go with you. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. The main reason, because biblically it's wrong. Number two, if I'm wrong and I go wrong, then I'm going to take some people with me. And I'm going to stand before the Lord one day and give an account of what I did with the truth I was given and what I did with the people of God I was given. Mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not accountable for your rebellion, mm -hmm. but I'm accountable for what I give you 
that will overcome that rebellion. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. And uh, as closing, uh, in closing this morning, I just want to say that uh, these, these, the church is full of these people. It's full of them. They're in every ministry or they're trying to get in every ministry, every one of them. And we have to be very careful in our positions. You know, that's why you never let amateurs come in and never let new new people just because they got a $500 suit on. You you know, I mean, that don't mean anything to me. Amen. I don't care how good you look. I don't care how much money you put in that offering plate. As far as I know, God forbid it be true, and I'm not going to carry around the thought about it, but as far as I know, you're trying to buy your way into the pulpit. I don't know that you are. I hope not, and I don't, but I don't know that you're not. Mm -hmm. You know, time will, your endurance in this message will tell. So, amen. Praise the Lord. Pray for me. I've been sick for two days. I know you don't think it, but I have. I didn't uh, get out of bed yesterday till 1040 a.m., and I was down all day yesterday and uh, just doing what I have to do on Friday mornings. Uh, but I've had fever. Don't get too close to me. And uh, so uh, we're rocking on doing what we do. And uh, until next week, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We love you. God bless you. And we will see you then. Amen. Amen, amen. Boy, you, you open up a, a You can probably tell I ain't